What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Renegade Marquee on the Renegade Pop Culture Podcast Network. My name is Mike. Joining me, as always, is the streaming demon, Jacob. Hello, everybody. And joining us once again, we've got Hayden. Howdy. And today's episode is going to be a short but fun one. Our main feature will be the Forever Purge and a look at the Purge franchise in general. But first, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention the passing of Richard Donner, um, Mm. who passed away, sadly, at the age of 91. And he leaves behind quite a legacy of films on a number of genres. Obviously, we all know him for directing Superman the movie, but he's also gotten The Omen, uh, The Goonies. Um, He directed one of my favorite movies uh, that my family and I watch every Christmas Eve, Scrooged. Mm. And he's also best known for the Lethal Weapon franchise. Um, any, any, any one of you have um, a particular favorite of his? I've only seen um, two of them, really, Superman and Scrooged. Um, but just from that track record alone, I could tell he was a very talented man. You know, he, his movies, they seem to have a real um, craftsmanship to them. You know, he always embraced whatever genre he was making. Shout out to The Omen, which is a really excellent um, horror film that um, deserves its reputation as a classic. And if you're asking why I haven't seen much of these movies, uh, blame college. Blame being too damn busy to um, watch movies like I once did before college. That's fair. But luckily, there's plenty of time to catch up. So um, and rest speak- in peace, Richard. And thank you for helping us believe a man can fly. Indeed. Uh, now, before we get to our main event, we are introducing a kind of new segment Um these are the marquee extras, movies that not, ev- not everyone has seen, but we still want to talk about anyway. We'll, the, fir- the first one is for Zola, which I, my, that movie never came to my theater, but I know Hayden really wanted to talk about this one. So the floor is yours. So um, I first uh, heard about this movie um, when there was the a little tweet thread in 2015 that inspired this movie. So therefore you can say this is the first film based on a tweet. Uh, Therefore you can say this is the first film based on a Twitter thread. And uh, in this case, yes, I have read the source material. So it is a very unique film A24, so you kind of know what you're going to get with them, but director Janixa Bravo gave us, like, such a unique little film here that really takes full advantage of the medium, is not afraid to go several places, and it's also really funny. Um, The performances by um, Taylor Page, especially, um, Riley Keough, and a really chilling performance by Coleman Domingo make this like, I think my new favorite of the year so far. So there's like a lot of stuff to love, like this editing and 
and filming it was filmed in 16 millimeter which gives it a really unique and entertaining vibe a lot of the jokes just um like really land and really work and never have i been more thankful that james franco did not write slash direct a movie because he was attached before um Janixa Bravo and Jeremy O'Harris uh, took on the mantle. Oh God, that would have been different. It would have been, it would have likely been a complete disaster. And I'm so thankful that didn't happen. I should also point out that I have uh, seen Zola in the theater as well. Um, um, it's just that um, I'm not going to really voice my opinions because I'm sure I agree with Hayden on most of everything about it. It is definitely worth a watch. Yeah, I, I look forward to eventually seeing this one if if not in theaters then definitely once it hits uh video on demand it's apparently been selling out like like the more like art house theaters in like uh, big cities so and like it's made approximately two million so far wow which it was like, which is pretty good considering what it is and how it wasn't really marketed i i haven't seen it marketed as much as a lot of movies that were that came out this week so hopefully they might like expand it to some theaters but yeah it's not it hopefully it does a little better also if you go see it like try to make sure like you see it with um like a full audience because i've actually seen it twice now both audience both times i've been in it with an audience the reactions really do kind of make the movie worth it nice so because like it's, it really does feel like a kind of a, a weird communal experience where you just experience it together. And I think audience reactions make up like a lot of the enjoyment. Jeez, and I thought I was lucky when I was the only one in the theater. I don't know, judging from that, maybe it would have benefited from seeing it in a crowd. Yeah, I mean, it depends on what you want. But for me, like, I really liked hearing, like, audiences' laughter and reaction to certain moments. I get that, yeah. Hope- hopefully, if, if if my theater does get it, um, it does attract a particular audience. Yeah, so it could be, like, a midnight um, type of movie or something. Yeah, I have. I will say that I have been quoting it, like, a lot like throughout the last couple of days now because there are a lot of great one-liners so it's it sounds like it could make um a lot of uh meme material that could be applied to almost every every movie it it as well it should all right well in that case we move on uh well we'll get to the forever purge in a minute but first um how about we go around and just kind of share our general thoughts on the franchise? I'll, I'll go first by saying, generally speaking, with the exception of the 2013 film, um, which I didn't even hate. It's just Ethan Hawke is really the best thing about it. Everything else is just kind of, you know, all this setup um, and world building all to be pushed aside for a generic home invasion movie just kind of it kind of made the first movie just feel underwhelming but the sequels like the sequels are are 
where this franchise really shines. I'd say Purge Anarchy is my is still my favorite. Um, followed by the first Purge, which is a prequel set, um, you know, before, you know, before the Purge really just became what it what it was. And then, then you got election year. And then we have the Forever Purge, the fifth and I use this term loosely, final installment of the franchise, directed by Everardo Valerio Gout and written by um, James DeMonico. All the rules are broken as a sect of lawless marauders decides that the annual purge does not stop at daybreak and instead should never end. Jacob, I'll go, I'll go to you first. Your general thoughts on the Purge franchise? Um, everything you say about the first one is basically true. Um, it was a disappointment to see um, such an intriguing premise, like all crime being legal for 12 hours a year. You know, just being wasted on such a stale, like lifeless home invasion movie. That was it's it's disappointing to say the least um the sequels are better in the sense that they have um a larger cast you know they have higher stakes this time um all of them are better but i they don't really cross the threshold into becoming great movies i would say i mean there's always kind of something about the ending that just kind of I don't want to say ruin it, but it does kind of bring it down a peg a little bit. Like it doesn't like this franchise. It does um, have a habit of never truly fulfilling its potential. And I'm not just talking about the first one. Hayden. So echoing all of these sentiments on the first film, which besides again, Ethan Hawke, and I will also add Lena Headey. Mm. I actually do really like her. In general, I think she did an admirable job with what she was given. But then, like, they started realizing, okay, what didn't work about the first one? We are going to fix this and take advantage of the premise and go a little more ridiculous with it and just not really take it quite as seriously as we did in the first. And then, it, and then, like, again, so that was a very enjoyable one. I think they, again upped the ante a little for me personally with election year, the third one. And again, very entertaining. Then something interesting happened. Now, I don't know if anybody was watching the news in uh, 20 in November, 2016, but uh, there was something pretty significant that happened. I don't know. And suddenly I was like I went from thinking, wow, this is so ridiculous and could totally never happen ever. <laughs> and then the I saw the first purge and suddenly I'm like, oh, I can totally see this happening. And now I'm like very depressed. And then that kind of also like happened again with the new one. So yeah, this franchise like did sadly, I think, predict a lot more than people give it credit for and I could totally and they did it again with this one given the events on January 6th of this year 
there was a lot in the forever purge that I felt that I felt gave it like a lot more of a chilling vibe that there are people out there who will just not care about the rules and just continue perpetuating this violence over and over again. And that's just something that stuck with me. And like, it's, that's like just why I think that this franchise like does deserve a little bit of credit because it does go places that you wouldn't expect a little short home invasion franchise um a little home invasion movie to go to and to all the people complaining that this franchise is suddenly political (laughs) where where have you been i was just about to bring that up paying attention to all of the past movies like literally all of them i'm just gonna say it a lot of audience members are stupid Like, they just will not understand very obvious themes being thrown in your face. And, like, so many movies, like, that have come out have proven that. That they just don't understand movies. Like, even even in the first movie, which is not very good, at least, at least, like, the the ideas of, uh, that would later be, further developed in the sequel are still are still like um planted pretty pretty plainly um in that movie so if you're complaining trailers played the trailers played a disturbing version of america the beautiful i Uh, i don't know how you could miss any of this right and And um the poster um like for the first purge is literally just a MAGA hat with the words the first purge on it. Yeah, so if, if you if you miss that, that's your own fault. But as for the prepper, the forever purge, I think I kind of undersold it when I wrote my quick thought reviews because for whatever reason, maybe I wasn't quite in the right mindset or or maybe maybe just the theater that I was in was not was not exactly the greatest, but like just think thinking back on it and and thinking a, a little bit more about current events yeah i think i think over time this one will will probably hold hold up the most um are th- are there any are there any particular um characters in this movie uh who stood out the most to you guys um Jacob, i'll start with you characters um i guess josh lucas and as uh, Dylan, his name is, I guess he kind of stood out to me, but he was, he was kind of racist. Like, like he did try to hide his racism when he was talking with uh, Juan when they're driving to um, uh, Mexico to kind of hide it. He's like, I think, I think the culture should just leave each other alone. You know, I think Josh Lucas is, is one of those actors who kind of has like, he kind of has that like perfect sort of, punchable face like yeah. i i really hated his character in um for for v ferrari who is like sort of sort of a similar sort of the very conservative no like no nonsense sticks to sticks to the rules kind of kind of guy and here he's here he, his his personality is basically i'm not racist but yeah exactly 
Um, what about you, Hayden? Any any characters that that stood out? I really liked uh, Ana de la. I really liked uh, Ana de la Reguera. Um, yeah, pronouncing that right as Adela, I thought she was really cool. Um, I I really liked uh, how she took a lot of action and did things. Um, and she's she was a I thought she was a really interesting character, and I thought the actress did a I thought uh, De La Reguera did a really good job. Same, I think I think the love like the the love story between her and um, uh, Tenoch Huerta as Juan, um, that was probably my favorite part of the story and it's it's like it's their it's their arc where you really you really kind of you care the most about seeing like seeing them um you know make it out okay through all of all of this chaos i i, I also to... oh sorry oh, go, go ahead, ahead. go ahead i also just want to bring up that one uh that one a crazy uh, couple that like um, shows up and the the guy keeps calling his wife mother. Yeah, I'm not going to make any further comment, but hopefully you can connect the dots with where I'm going with this. Yeah. Also, I got to give a shout out to to uh, Will Patton, yeah. who isn't in it for long, unfortunately, but. Just just seeing him show up, even even for like the first act of the film, is still is still kind of nice. He's a very entertaining actor, Will Patton. Um, so are we getting into spoiler territory or? Uh, yeah. Let's let's dive into some spoilers. I something that I thought was really interesting was how the purge itself does not last very long in the film proper. Yeah, it's like five minutes. It's like, and it's like, it like ends like, it, the purge itself ends like maybe 30 minutes into the actual movie. And I thought that was a really interesting decision to make. Um, that it was um, like kind of breaking like some of the conventions that you would expect from this franchise. I gotta say, like having the purge and so early this time, it kind of gives the rest of this movie a sort of tension, you know, like, like okay, the purge is over, but you know, these um other purgers, they're like they're not afraid of being arrested. Now, so that just that just adds to like this sense of like doom and just tension, you know, that anything can happen now. I wonder why that's so disturbing right now. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> really makes you think i i don't really know what to say here it's wow just really makes you think i i know we we kind of brief, briefly glossed over um the fact that this is allegedly the final purge movie but um considering where this movie ends how how much how much more story do you think do you think is left because i have i have some some ideas of where they can take this uh moving forward well um i 
the only way I can see it happen, like the purge going on after this, is if it becomes international or something. That's one idea. Hayden, any anything anything come to mind? Short I short would... short of the obvious next step would be a like an a, a direct attack on uh, the founding fathers. The new founding fathers. Yep. I don't know where I I mean we might be like beyond that at this point. That that seems like just kind of the obvious like next step, but I feel like they could make another one. And I do like know how they could, but it's just a matter of articulating it into words. Like I guess it would be interesting to see like the aftermath of the country just kind of imploding in on itself. Spoilers. Um, which is what the ending of the movie was kind of suggesting, which pretty bleak, pretty, pretty bleak ending. Mm, yep. And it was not subtle at all, which again, not with this, this, not what this franchise is exactly going for. I, I was, I was kind of getting an American, uh, an Americanized sort of Mad Max vibe from you know what whatever whatever happens after after the revolt if like um like say the next movie is called beyond beyond the purge oh. and this like the setting is Amer- america after after the revolt on the new founding fathers the whole country just goes completely to shit and that would that would be a pretty a pretty interesting uh interesting setting after after everything that's that's happened uh so far you know people real people are saying that um america may get into another civil war which i don't know how true that is but it's definitely an idea for um the writers for this franchise to play with yeah i i wouldn't be opposed to that can we talk about the directing of this movie everaldo vario goat yeah, the directing and the and just the production design I thought were were really well done. How about that um one shot when they're just walking through El Paso? You know, as soon as, as soon as I saw that that uh like that title card come up, I am like my mind immediately turned to uh to Josh and Crystal. Yeah. Yeah, I liked like the, the little touches like when Adela and Cassie, uh Dylan's wife who's pregnant, um when they go into that abandoned movie theater and Dracula is playing uh, the Bela Lugosi one, and then that like skeleton bat kind of drops on, like it's like a, a cheesy prop or something. That kind of, that was kind of eerie in a way. Yeah, that was. That was. Yeah, it's yeah, there's just like this, like this is the most tension I've ever really felt watching, but and there were moments of like genuine tension throughout the franchise. Um, like one particular instance I can think of was in um was an uh, election year when they're about to sacrifice those people in that church. That was I think might be my my favorite scene in the entire franchise was that church scene because hmm. it just showed you know what happens when politics and religion mix, you know, kind of the dangers that come forward in that. Or also I also like the part in Anarchy where they're basically auctioned by those wealthy people. I think that's the, that's the scene that sticks out to me the most. 
So I do think there are flashes of brilliance in um these movies actually. Um yeah, I don't know if it's a, if it's because, you know, they don't like they, they they lean a little too much on the action in some places, but you know, it or the ending it doesn't pack as quite as much of a punch as it should. Um but you know, overall I do think that there is a lot of potential here that I'm I'm still I still think we're a while a long way from actually making a truly great purge movie and it has come close for to that to happen what i will say is i think that this franchise does um enough does something that i really appreciate it it really does like do world building incredibly well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it really like builds upon like the the past movies and really just says okay we're gonna do it in over here now and we'll see what's going on in over in this part of the country and over here and what happened at the beginning and how this happened here and it doesn't really do it like all like where it feels overwhelming they kind of give you like enough like breadcrumbs that you're just kind of you do feel like it's its own world I think and and I think that is something that a lot of sequels should do more i'll go so far i think the first purge movie would actually benefit it if it was released somewhere in the middle of the series like if anarchy was the first one because hmm. the purge it would have been like cool like to see like a larger story i think the i think if the purge like if the first one if you just want to show a smaller story maybe it would have been interesting you know after seeing like such like big you know um movies that take place in like these cities and like they're they talk about these group of people and this one the purge it comes up and it's just about a family i think that would have actually been interesting you might you might be out you might be onto something with that um or like at least like make it like a little like spin-off movie yeah Uh, because and not like say like oh this is like like maybe like do like um, like kind of sort of what Spiral did with the Saw franchise, like Invasion from the Book of Purge or something. I don't know. As as a, there has to be um mentioned, uh, I literally just found this out. Apparently, James DeMonaco, um, this um franchise, this premise was inspired by a Star Trek episode called The Return of the Arkans. Huh. Uh, it's a where um the crew they're on this planet. Um, where they're controlled by an unseen ruler, according to Wikipedia, and enjoy a night of violence during festival. Any uh, any guys uh, Trekkies? Um, I'm not that big a Trekkie, but just just hearing the premise of that episode, it does kind of make sense where where he'd get that um, inspiration. I kind of wish James DeMonaco wasn't like the main architect of this series. I I think. I do wish he uh, let other people write the scripts for these movies. You know, I I, I think uh, the purge election year would have benefited if it was written by a black person. You're not you're not wrong. Or the first purge, I mean. That one at least did get a black director, which is something. Gerard uh, McMurray. Yep. Who I honestly think would would have done a great job if he directed um, if he directed the Blade movie that's co- that's coming out. Yeah, has anyone? Uh, as have you guys forgotten that there was a TV series uh based on this series? Because I have. 
I watched a couple of episodes and from what I hear, it's not bad. I just have not had the time to, I watched a couple of episodes, enjoyed it enough, but I kind of just didn't have enough time anymore. Um, yeah, I, I got really distracted by a bunch of other things. And before I knew it, it was like over. So my bad. Yeah, I, I never got around to seeing it either. But from what I heard, it's it's the second season that that has the good stuff. Whereas season one is just kind of okay. And boy, does that does that not sound how like how uh, the film franchise turned out? What would you guys say about how this series kind of handles the premise? Do you think these movies, any of them, make the most out of the premise? Um, the most, no, but I think they do what they can. And for what they are, they're decently effective political commentary films that do their best. One problem I do kind of have with it is... um. Well, then idea like all crime is legal within like in 12 hours. And this is to get is for American citizens to get all that anger out of their system, you know, all that rage. And like it kind of implies that anyone can partake in this sort of thing, like the most peace, otherwise peaceful person, um, you know, could cave into that. And I think it would have been cool to see one actually struggle with that temptation as most of the people we see who partake in this sort of thing are already like white supremacists or um, crime bosses or shoplifters. I th- I see what you're saying, but at the same time, I think the whole point is that theory is like meant to be BS. And it's just yeah. used as an excuse for all the worst people to like do things and take their anger out on. Like literally the is, first isn't, movie. Isn't that, yeah, isn't that kind of the point of the first purge where the, the new founding fathers like made it pretty much like explicit that um the idea of the purge was basically population control yeah that's true yeah like in another franchise i think sure but in this one i think like it's deliberately like they were just making it up as an excuse to be able to kill all like the homeless and the minorities I just say maybe it would have been nice to see like a, an otherwise decent person kind of be tempted to do that. And actually I have like more morally great characters because I'm not really sure like if Ethan Hawke in the first one really qualifies as a like a great character, even though like they may have tried to do one with him. I honestly don't remember much of Ethan Hawke's character outside outside of like his, you know, slicked back hair and clean shaven face i remember that he was ethan hawk <laughs> yeah ethan hawk and that he's a human being yep and he, and he has wears clothes face, i think other, so, other than that i remember next to nothing I, I he was like the guy like he like um profited off of selling security systems to these people you know and um the neighbors were apparently pissed um okay oh well, that's one example of um kind of otherwise decent people being tend to do bad things is they hate that there he was basically um boasting about how rich he was because he could afford this huge security system on his house during the purge that no one else could another thing is like that i will say about the franchise it's like in and the first 
well, this is more so for the first one. They marketed those the first film extremely well. Like they marketed that movie to the point where I guarantee that people remember the marketing more than they remember the actual film. Which that has sounds, helped. that sounds accurate. You mean which, more than the America, America? I was like, is there was there any other like specific marketing that I just forgot? There was like the there was like there were a bunch of posters that were like that were like kind of marketing it as if it were like a real thing that was about to happen. Hmm. Like there were like a bunch of like plain posters with like the like little symbol that were like all crime will be legalized for 12 hours and kind of and I thought that was like and they I remember that pretty kind of like what they did with Blair Witch Project. Yeah, they did like kind of something like that. They had some pretty good posters that I saw like everywhere back in uh, 2013. Um, the like I think the one that most people associate with that first movie is the one with the uh, like the guy like the guy in the mask. Yeah. Uh, can we also bring up um, in the first one? Um, we're kind of um, diverging here, but what about um, the guy Rice Wakefield as the polite leader? Who just had that permanent shitting grin? Oh yeah, he was he he yeah he was pretty good. You, I I won't lie, he was very enjoyable. Yeah, little out of place, but hey, he was fun. Yeah, I I, he, I I remember him now. He he knew what movie the franchise should have been, so I think in a lot of ways his performance probably led to like what the franchise ended up becoming. Um, should we talk a little more about the forever purge? Does it feel like we're kind of diverging here? Um, I mean, if you, if, if there's any, if there's anything else that you, um, that you want to bring up. Was there anything I, that jumped did at you, Hayden? I think I mentioned like most aspects that I thought that I think that most aspects that stood out to me have already been mentioned, but um, Yeah. Uh, the one, the one, the one last thing that I want to mention, and it was, it was, it was basically the reason I wanted to see this movie is, um, I don't think we, I don't think we have quite enough, um, horror, like horror slash Western, uh, movies like West Westerns that kind of borrow horror, um, elements and this if if nothing if nothing else, this movie kind of it it scratched that itch for me. If it's a big enough success, I would wonder if like maybe this could like spark some kind of resurgence of like Western type movies. It would be interesting because that that genre's kind of been a little bit in limbo. I think it would be interesting if that were to make like kind of a comeback. Every once in a while, we'll get a pretty decent Western, I think. Yeah. And I will say I'm not, like, the biggest Western fan, but I think it would just be interesting if a, fr- if a genre that kind of faltered a little bit just kind of popped back up randomly like that, just from a zeitgeist standpoint. Yeah, like this, like this year we're we're getting we're getting more musicals, uh, which is always which is always a good thing. So if if say in twenty twenty two or twenty twenty 
we get more Westerns, that would be pretty, pretty sweet. Jacob, anything, anything else you want to add? Um, not really. I, I, I liked that. Um, the part with the cage that was intense in its own way. It kind of felt like a Saw movie. Yeah, yeah. No, that I definitely got Saw vibes from from that scene. I liked it when she talked attacked that neo Nazi in the uh, paddy wagon. Always satisfying to see neo Nazis get a. Yeah. This is really reminders of Nazis. She called him a fucking pig. Will, um, I will say pigs don't deserve that. Pigs are wonderful animals that should not be compared to Nazis. This is, I am very pro pig. Pigs are too lovely to be compared to any horrible person. Yeah. I, I, I think just, just the word pig sounds disgusting enough that it's used in a derogatory fashion, but otherwise, otherwise I agree. The animal itself is is just are like very underrated and adorable animals i there's this movie i want to check out called gunta which is just a documentary about farm animals and it's and the title character is like this mama pig and i really want to see that has anybody seen the trailer for the new nicholas cage movie just called pig no i've 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 seen just a little bit of the trailer but it's a nicholas cage movie so it's going if nothing else, it's going to be interesting. It's basically, it looks like John Wick, but with like a pig, which I'm down for. That sounds fun. And Nick Cage has that movie where he's playing himself called The Unbearable Weight of Mass, Massive Talent. That sounds like it'll, it'll be this generation's uh, being John Malkovich. Yeah. Um, so it, sound, it seems like we're kind of winding down on this episode. Um, Final final thoughts. Um, the Pur- the Purge franchise, just as a whole, is it again for the most part. It has it almost has like that same sort of um, consistency as the Saw franchise, where you know the quality of each individual movie may vary, but on the on the whole, you know it can be a pretty satisfying. Uh, a pretty satisfying experience when vi- when viewed as a whole, um, and I am I'm curious to one day check out the uh, the TV series. As as for the Forever Purge, yes, go go see it if if this is the kind of movie that that you're into. If if you liked any of the previous films, then you're probably going to like this one just as much if not a little more or like if you just don't feel safe going to a movie like if you don't feel quite safe you can always wait till it comes on video on demand that's right and remember universal has a thing um where if a movie makes less than 50 million dollars at opening weekend then it'll go to like video on demand in 17 days oh and any more than that it's 30 days so f9 is going to be in theaters for a while of course it is um Hayden any any final thoughts on the on the forever purge or the franchise at large if you like the past movies then you will probably enjoy this um when you want to go entirely depends on you but the forever purge it's 
it's a good one, I guess. You know, it's again like the first movies. It's not a complete masterpiece or anything, but the the stuff that's good about it is really good, which is about what I can say about the rest of these movies. It's it's a solid entry, I suppose. Yeah, if if I'm I'm still curious, like if they find a way to continue it, I I check it out. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure they will continue this in in some form or another. Uh, so yeah, that that will bring this episode to a close. Next week, we are talking about Black Widow, and then after that, we've got a special podcast for Loki because that show just I I just really want to talk about that also, show. I- I think we should we should also mention um, we were going to talk about Summer of Soul, um, but we will postpone that for a while um, until we have um, a, a black um, co-host on here as well, so he can explain like what he thought about it. Because I I think we're at a point where we need to have um, like more accurate uh, voices to describe certain movies after talking about Judas and Black Messiah, One Eye in Miami, and My Rain is Black Bottom through a non-black perspective. So. Yeah, we, we definitely want to talk about that. But in the meantime, um, check out Summer of Soul. Yes, absolutely. All right, so before we head out of here, um, Hayden, where can everyone find you online? I can be found on Twitter at the Hayden Wilder and on Instagram at Hayden Wilder. And Jacob? You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Joe Crable, K-R-E-H-B-I-E-L. I am also a part of the Renegade Pop Culture Facebook group, and I have a letterbox streaming demon. And you guys can find me on Twitter at CaptainK42. You can check out my quick thought reviews on letterbox.com slash CoachK42. And you can find me in all the various Facebook groups just at my name. You can also check out Renegade Pop Culture on Facebook and Twitter at RenPopCulture. You can also check us out on Podchaser. You can listen to all of our previous podcasts on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. And last but not least, check out renegadepopculture.com. Need an escape? So do we. That'll do it for this installment of Renegade Marquee. Thank you guys for joining, and we will catch you guys later. Peace out. Good night, and God bless America.